With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Jenks and the Hammer podcast. <laughs> Bringing you the latest NFL news and insights from the perspectives of two diehard fans. Join your hosts, Grayson Jenkins and John Hammerly, as they dive deep into the world of football, along with a special focus on the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some football talk with Jenks and the Hammer. Here we go, here we go! What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode four of the Jenks and the Hammer podcast. Uh, Today's going to be a quick episode. We're going to be breaking down NFL news that has happened since last time we've spoken and our top eight interior defense alignment. So it's going to be a quick one. Um, this episode was supposed to come out uh, Monday morning. It's going to come to you Tuesday night. A little scheduling between me and Jenks didn't work out, but uh, quick one, let's hop right into it. All right, guys, welcome back. Our first segment for today is going to be basically just going over the NFL news from the last couple of days since we last recorded on uh, Thursday night. So John's going to start us off from yesterday's news. So the big one, uh, Lamar Jackson officially requests the trade from the Baltimore Ravens. Seems like that relationship is ruined. Um, seems like, you know, he wants to get out of there. Um, some teams that we like, Falcons, Commanders, Colts, um, those are the big ones. I know the Falcons and uh, Colts at first kind of seemed out of it. but And I think the Falcons are still out of it, but I wouldn't count them out. Um, the Colts are a really interesting team because, um, you know, we don't know what they're going to do at that four spot. And, you know, maybe if the, the guy that they like doesn't fall to them, they could definitely make that move for Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Commanders are another QB needy team. Um, it came out today that, you know, if a QB falls them or like they're not ruling out taking a QB in the first round. So that's another contender and two surprise teams that, I wouldn't be shocked if they come into the runnings for um, Lamar Jackson, New England Patriots, and the Minnesota Vikings. Surprise one. Watch out. All right. I don't makes sense. going with that one. What, how does that make sense? sense? Because, like I said, I, the Vikings are sick and tired of Kirk Cousins. 
Like, he's just decent. He's not going to get you anywhere. I feel like they've been wanting to get out of that relationship for a while now, but they just haven't due to their draft picks they've had over the past couple of years where they can't really make that move for a QB to be too big of a jump in the draft to go get one. So, I mean, I don't know. Makes it, To me, it makes sense just because, I don't know. Like, what's the... What's the end game with Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah. Like, what, I, what, are, what are we doing? And I mean, I did see news that they're also trying to look at possibly Hendon Hooker in the second round, late first round if he falls to him. You know, I think he could be like a guy that backs him up if they don't want to get like Lamar, trade away all the stuff. You get Hendon mm-hmm. Hooker late first round, early second, have him back him up for a couple of years, year or two. That could work out. And then, but like yeah. you said, for the Colts, I think the Colts are really the probably the number one spot for Lamar right now. Basically, like, they're at the four spot, but I see Anthony Richardson being the quarterback that's available there. Maybe Will Levis, too, but, like, that's not – neither of those guys are, like, franchise-changing guys. You know what I mean? I think if you get Lamar, you trade for Lamar, you get rid of that number four pick. It's not that big of a deal. Like, mm-hmm. you're getting a big star for your team. With Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, like, that's that's a star-studded offense immediately. So, I could see that yeah. happening. Yeah, it's, it, it, would be, it would be a scary running attack. Um, it, yeah, it's interesting, right? If they're not in love with the QB, like if they're not in love with Anthony Richards or, or Will Levis at number four, go. it's just like drafting one. Just go trade that pick and go get your franchise QB yeah, on Lamar Jackson. Exactly. So, and especially if they trade a pick like that, number four, I mean, because, you know, so, I mean, you saw the Russell Wilson deal last year. I mean, it's like three first rounders. You trade a pick like number four, I mean, might only have to be two. Maybe it's one in a couple seconds and a third. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's it's a different and basically you know. like you're swapping Anthony Richardson to the Ravens who already have like a run kind of a running quarterback with yeah, Lamar run, so like scheme, Anthony yeah. Richardson kind of fits right in there for so I could see that happening and definitely is a good trade target mm-hmm. so second topic from the last couple of days is D hop so the Cardinals have actually officially let him start to talk to teams about possibly getting traded you know reaching out to them trying to ask hey is this a good fit for me like figure it out on his own you know so um, the three teams that we picked for him are the Patriots, Bills, and the Chiefs. The three teams that are kind of the Patriots aren't so much a contender, but the Bills and the Chiefs are 100% contenders. Or they are every year. But um, actually, today, just a few hours ago, Ian Rappaport went on the Pat McAfee show. He said how D Hop could be a final piece of a championship team, and he saw that the Bills are possibly a number one spot for him. So I could see the Bills really trying to make that trade, especially if it's just a, se- a second or third round pick. I think it's going to be a third round because the second round's been available and no one's made that move. So if they can get him for a third round pick, I really see the Bills trying to do that because there's no reason for them not to, you know? Um, <laughs> third round pick for yeah. Hopkins would be a steal. Um, yeah, there, those three teams make a lot of sense. And I get, I bet a lot of people say, like, why Kansas City? Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's just kind of out there. It's kind of like a new team, right? You know they got Kelsey. They got they brought in a lot of receivers last year. No one's a number one like Hopkins, but yeah, they, they lost Juju too. So I mean, yeah, they brought in some guys, but yeah, Hopkins, the Chiefs, and Bills. Those are most likely just because, hey, you know, you know, go play for that ring, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the Patriots though. Doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess if you want to get that pad and get the targets. And another they, team, too, like we said, was the Ravens. Yeah. But with Lamar, Lamar requesting leaving. that trade, mm. it's, you know, they're not going to make that move. The only way I see them really ending up with the Patriots is if they end up trading for Lamar. Because I know, mm-hmm. like, 
the whole thing was Meek Mill yesterday or whatever texted Robert Kraft and was like, oh, Lamar wants to go to the Patriots. That could be BS. Who knows? But like, yeah. that's the only way I see him trying to go end up there is if they get Lamar as well. Yeah. But hey, it's in Hopkins. Hopkins, you know, the ball is in his court, right? He's mm-hmm. got permission to talk to the team. So basically he's a free agent, you know, so I feel like he's going to go to a contender. Um, another receiver um, that made a made a you know that signed um, Panthers signed DJ Chark. This move was it was going to happen from the start. Yeah, um, we both called it. Came, it. Yeah. yeah, it came out that the Panthers um, were targeting him and Adam Thielen. They land them both for their young QB, um, who was yet to be named. But, yeah, I mean. Um, it's a, Solid. It, it's a good move. It's a one-year, $5 million deal, kind of like a prove-it deal. Uh, he's young, you know, so it's an exciting move for Panther fans. Yeah, I think it's solid, and, like, you know, it's two good receivers, but they're not, like, they're not no. stars by any means, but, like, they got solid weapons, so mm-hmm. we'll see what they can do with their new quarterback. Yeah. Um, fourth, the fourth big news topic from the last couple of days was Bobby Wagner signing with the Seahawks. Uh, big news for Seahawks fans, but for the rest of the league, it's kind of just, like, it's it's just kind of significant, like just because it's a re um, he's reuniting with the Seahawks. But I mean, Bobby Wagner's on his last leg. You know, like this is a one year, seven mil deal they just signed. So it's kind of like I see it as it being final deal, final year with the team and retiring as a team with the team that he came in on. You know, like I could see him retiring after this year, especially if he plays well. He's getting old. I don't I don't think he wants to end on a bad note. You know, by any means. So yeah, exactly. I mean. Um, yeah, you started your career with Seattle, ended there, you know what I mean? They got something good going on, a young team, step in for a year, be a leader, you know, guide them. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. He's getting old, he's playing middle linebacker. He's not going to be in the league for too much longer, so it's a good deal. Mm-hmm. And an unexpected deal, right? Yeah, for sure. And then, dun dun dun, dun the latest on Aaron Rodgers. Woo! <laughs> so, boy. we talked about it, I think, maybe week and a half, two weeks ago. We talked about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, some more news came out because that's the annual NFL meeting where they discuss rule changes. You know, coaches, GMs all meet, come, got interviewed. Um, so Brian Gutenkens, the Packers GM, came out, you know, answering the questions about Aaron Rodgers as expected. And he said that it's tough to move forward, move forward and like, you know, just see where you're going when he's not communicating. So it sounds like Aaron Rodgers ghosted the Packers, um, over the off season when Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and said that the Packers ghosted him. Yeah. Trying to play victim and everything with that. Someone's, someone's lying there. I mean, communication wasn't there from the start. And it's just like, you know, this relationship has ran its course. It's over. Yeah, it's, it's been over. It's it's, it probably went a year year longer than it should have. But, you know, it's just, it's wrecked. Just send him to New York, you know. Um, some details have came out about the trade. There's some rumors that the base, the foundation is set, it's kind of set in stone. And they're just talking about, you know, Roger's contract, who's going to pay what. And I think the Jets are fighting to go get some, like, 2024 later draft picks. But basically the deal is uh, Jets are going to send this year's second-round pick and next year's second-round pick for Rodgers. 
Um, next year's second round pick can become a first, depending on how the Jets do this season. So two first round, two second round picks, maybe a two and a one. Um, yeah, it's a good deal for Green Bay, but yeah, at this point you I just mean, gotta get rid of him. Like, yeah, but in my opinion too, like, I don't know. I feel like the Packers have the leverage, and I say mm-hmm. that because. If I'm Brian Gutenkens, I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling the Jets. I'm saying, this is Aaron Rodgers. This is the top five quarterback of all time. Arguably the most talented quarterback of all time. And you're the New York Jets. You have been you don't the have la- anything going for you over there. You have yeah. been the laughing stock of the NFL for a very long time. This is Aaron Rodgers. And he said he wants to play for you guys, the New York Jets. Yeah, you I would make give the up. The, I would give up the house for him. Whatever because Green Bay wants, the fan base too. Yeah, Fans would be whatever. Happy. You will pack MetLife. You will, mm-hmm. yeah, all that. But once that trade happens, like Aaron Rodgers will be the greatest player to ever put on a New York Jets uniform. No, so to Joe me, Namath, it's just Joe Namath. Like a word. Stop Joe for Namath. the Jets. For the Jets. No. Aaron Rodgers isn't as good as Joe Namath right now, like in in this time. What are you talking about? No, I'm saying Aaron Rodgers, skill wise, like this, at this what? point of time in his career, isn't as good as like Joe Namath was in his prime for the Jets. What are you I'm say- talking about? I'm saying Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, right now, like at what, his skill what? level, right now, you yeah. put him on that team. I don't think he's as good as Joe Namath was for the You're Jets. You're kidding me, right? He's one like, year removed from an MVP. Okay, and I'm saying Joe Aaron Namath. Rogers skill right. Okay, skill but he doesn't instantly wise. become it. If he wins a Super yes, Bowl, sure. Does. If he wins a Super Bowl, you can say that. But he's not the yes, best does. right away. It's just like Brady he's... going to the Bucks. Yes, he is. Okay, but the Bucks didn't the do sec- anything. The Jets have won. The Jets have done something with their careers. Like the, the Jets the have G- had the something. Jets. The Jets. It was have forty won, years ago, but the Jets have won one Super Bowl. The Bucks have won one Super Bowl. The Bucks. They still Brady sucked. got there. Yeah, but none of their quarterbacks were nearly as good as Tom Brady. And Tom Brady was still ne- decent. Like Neither Aaron Rodgers, Joe Namath. you could see what he, Aaron Rodgers didn't do as much this year. So you could see how he does next year. If he does really well, then sure you could say like well, it's the same thing. Brady had a bad year with the Patriots before he got moved. But that's but what Joe I'm saying. Namath, it's not instant. I'm saying it's not instant though. Yes, it is. I think yes, if he it proves is. it, sure. But he's Joe Namath prove it. is not even a top twenty quarterback. Like ever. Okay, but I'm saying for the Jets. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying skill wise. I'm not saying anything like that. But like you did say skill wise. You said no. Skill-wise. I'm saying. I'm saying. Joe Namath is like arguably the best player for the Jets so far in the franchise. So mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers has instantly yeah. become better than Joe Namath for the franchise just because he's yeah. there. He has to prove he himself. Is. Yeah, he has after, to prove Aaron it, Aaron, after Aaron Rodgers plays one game, after uh, Aaron Rodgers practices one practice, he will be the best player okay. ever. Okay. If he does something there, sure, but he's got to yeah. prove it. But whatever. Main point. <laughs> main Move point. On. Hold on. Main point. Jets should be head over heels for Aaron Rodgers, and they should make the move. Yeah, and so the final news point, kind of a smaller thing, really, in the league, but John Lynch says that Brock Purdy, leader of the clubhouse for the 49ers. And I think, like, it's more than anything just significant because it's like the 49ers have their guy, you know? Like, they're going to settle down with Brock Purdy for the next however many years he's there. But I think, really, more than anything, they have a leader now. They it's more set in stone because Jimmy G. I don't really know. Like he was never he never really seemed like a huge leader on that team. He just kind of seemed like he was there because I know like even before last season there was kind of like turmoil of oh is he going to get traded? Is he going to be there still? So it's like they're kind of settling down with Brock Purdy. I think they're setting like 
yeah, he's our he's our QB one, and I think that's really all it is. But and he's supposed to be healthy for week one. He's on track. So yeah, I mean, you have to go with Purdy. I mean, I know it's I know you've made all those moves and you traded up to get Lance, but you got to go with Purdy. You know, yeah, Brock Purdy played Purdy good. <laughs> He, he did with hammer. right, yeah. right. He did. He did last season. For you sure. gotta roll with. You gotta roll with the hot hand. You know what I mean. You can't just give it a lance. Um. So yeah, yeah. he's the leader of the clubhouse, like you should be, until you know he loses it, gets injured, or starts playing like crap. Um. Then you hand it over to Trey Lance. But right now, you gotta keep Brock Purdy I at mean, the helm. I mean, it could bring up the potential of someone, a team saying, "Hey, we liked what we saw in Trey Lance. You know, give it him possibly tra- a trade, but." Yeah, I don't I mean, see it happening so, for for sure, but I'm saying like a team, it opens up the possibility for it. Yeah, for sure. it does. And Trey Lance, right, first round pick um, a couple of years back. Um, they moved up to get him. He sat a year. He played a couple of games towards the end of his rookie year, showed some flashes, um, was the starting QB heading into this year, played week one against the Bears. It was a rainy, cold day in Chicago. Did all right. Nothing yeah. special, right? And then he gets injured the next week. So I mean, there's still a lot to. You, you haven't seen what he what he's worth. No, but you gotta you gotta still give the you, you gotta give still the gotta give spot to, to Purdy. Yeah. To Purdy, yeah. After what yeah. he did for them, like what did they win eight straight games or whatever? Like they were. Yeah. He's Playoff carrying. Game. Like he wasn't carrying yeah. them. I mean, he has a lot of weapons and defense yeah. around him, but he's doing what he needs to do to win. So. Yeah, and if he stays healthy the last game, and maybe the Niners in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who knows? So who knows? All right, last topic of the day. You got the Jenks and the Hammer top eight interior defense alignment of the 2023 NFL Draft. Let's get right into it. On number eight, we got Javon Dexter from Florida. 6'6", 310 pounds. First thing that jumps off is that 6'6". It's a big man. It's a big man. Um, he's an athlete. He ran a 4'8 at the Combine. Very impressive for that size. So as you can tell, he's got the NFL frame. You know, he's ready to go. Um, he can bull rush and get by with his hands. A uh, good cl- closing burst when he's moving down the line in pursuit and finishes plays well. Um, good strength in the upper body. Thing is, he's not that explosive off the line. Um, plays too high, but, you know, a lot of that's just due to his size. Um, and he fails to locate the football in the run game a lot. Um Double teams take him for a ride quite a bit too. Um, he's definitely got the talent. He's got he's got the ceiling, right? He's got the size. He's like athletic. He's fast. Um, so he's an interesting guy. But I got him going um, day three, you know, fourth round, seventh round, in between there, something like that. Um, depends how defensive linemen, you know, D linemen. Fall in the draft, yeah, if, you know. If maybe they start rolling, you know, it could change yeah. things. But yeah, but he he he's a D, he's a day three to guy, guy to me. So at number seven, dun, 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 we got this guy with a crazy name, Sayaki Sayaki Inca. I probably killed that. <laughs> um. He's from Baylor. He's 6'3", 335 pounds. Um, he's played He's played it first two years at LSU before transferring to Baylor. Um, power. Power. Big boy. When, you want, yeah. when you watch this guy, he's a big boy. Um, explosive, he's really explosive off the line. 
Uh, he pushes the pocket um, into QB's lap. Um, blows up play designs. Above average uh, athleticism for his size. The weaknesses, though, is, you know, lacks change of direction, you know, when tackling, especially when tackling, um, cutting runners. Uh, when bull rushing, he drops his head and loses sight of the ball at times. And he's just not a pass rusher, right? He's just, he doesn't. Run he stopper. That's what he is. Yeah, he's a run stopper. <clears throat> you know, I mean, yeah, he's going to push the pocket and get some, you know, put that center in the QB's lap, but. He's really just a bull rusher. Doesn't doesn't have great hands, um, bad motor, you know. So his body type, and he's got the long hair too, just like Vita Vea. But Vita Vea's light years better. Um, I got him as a late day two, early day three kind of guy, and a guy who's just gonna get put in, you know, in the short yardage, you know, plays. Yeah. So. At number six, we got Jacqueline Roy out of LSU. He's a bigger guy, but the thing is with him, he's not really, I wouldn't say he's proven, but he has the high potential because he's only started one year. He started last year um, at LSU, but that was his only year starting. So there's not a lot like you can't say for sure that he's going to be great, but he has the high upside that he can be great. So he's 6'3", 305. Uh, he's strong upper body. He 30 reps on the bench at the common, which is good. Like it's solid. He's a good tackler in the backfield. And he, he shows good effort when he's on the field. Like, he, he works to the plays. But the problem with him is he's such a weak lower body. Like, his lower body isn't there for what the standards are of an NFL um, defensive lineman. So if he could improve that, I think he could be a great defensive lineman. Like, he, that's really his only weakness in his game because he gets a little bit pushed back on run blocks. Um, he can get by pass blocks and everything like that. Like, he's a good pass rusher, but... On run plays, he, he seems to get kind of pushed back a little bit because he hits him up high. Uh, he gets up high because he's 6'3", and then his lower body doesn't counteract that, so he's kind of just getting pushed back. So, I mean, if if an NFL uh, training coach can fix that, I, I think they got themselves a true good player in, in him, so we'll see. Um, but I do see him as a late second-day pick, maybe third-day, early third-day talent, so we'll see. Um, and then after him, at number five, we got Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, who I think is either going to be a great, great D lineman or he's going to be a bust. And I'll explain why. So he's an extremely strong and very athletic for his size. He's 6'3", 323. So he's a big dude. And he's also 21, so he's kind of young. Um, but he benched for 34 reps, which was the highest from this class. And I believe it's top, I'm going to say top 30 ever for D linemen. So he's up there. It's It's great strength so he has that availability and his size for him so he stuffs the run gaps great and he anchors himself to the linemen so on run plays you know he's he's stuffing the runs and the gaps so if he can do that at an nfl level i mean he's a great that's already a great rotational guy like a guy that you can put in on first second down say hey don't allow any runs to get by you know like that's what he can do yeah. But his problem is he's very inconsistent and he lines up off the ball a little bit far and leans a little bit back in his stance. So, I mean, on plays where he does that, you know, like a guy, uh, NFL guard, NFL center is going to just crush him. You know, like if you lean too far back in your stance or if you're not lining up correctly every single play, you're going to get bullied in the league. So yeah. that's the problem with him is he's really inconsistent. So if he can fix that, I mean... He's got the size and athleticism there to really turn it around and be a great player. 
but I think it's just up to coaching. So if a team picks him, you know, I think they really just have to develop him really well and he'll be solid for them, but it's up to what they do with the coaching, like I said. So I, I think I see him as an early day two, um, maybe late day two, but I think he's going to go in second round for sure. And a lot of people are actually picking him for the Saints in mock drafts, everything like that. Saints are a team for him because we need D linemen. But the only thing with that is I think we do need more of a pass rushing D lineman. We do have a few already, but I think that's what Dennis Allen's trying to look for. But I could see it as a as a run stopper because we did lose a couple like David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle. We lost a couple of our run stopping D linemen. So I, I could see him coming to us, but it's not something that I would be extremely happy with because I think there's better out there. So you're saying that the technique is kind of slowing him down? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think he has all of the intangibles there for him. So cool. if you can fix it with coaching, I think you, I think it'd be all right. Cool. Number four, number four, we got Keanu Benton um, from Wisconsin, 6'4", 309 pounds, um, full-time starter for most of his four years. So like we said, previous in the QB segment. Hey, that's attractive, right? When you play four years, you have experience. a lot of football experience. Teams like that. Um, really, really good hands. Quick hands, violent hands. Has potential to play multiple spots on the defensive line. He's got the ideal size, length, and explosiveness. Um, good pursuit. And like I said, he's got that experience. Thing is, you know, he struggles in double teams. Um, relies on his hands too much where he can't, he's not really, he's not going to bull rush you. He's not going to you know, put you in the QB's lap. He's not that powerful. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think he could be a decent player. I think he's a day two guy, um, second, third round. Um, he'll find a home. But, yeah, got him at number four. At number three, we got Brian Breesey from Clemson, 6'5", 298 pounds. Um, he ran a 4.86 at the combine, so – He's got the athleticism. He's a little speedy. Um, he tore his ACL in 2021, which kind of hurt him. You know, just as a player too, right? Teams look at that and they'll be like, is he the same player? Is that going to slow him down? He kind of slowed him down this past season a little bit. Um, he's got a really, really interesting build. He's really broad, athletic build, um, great power. It comes from his lower body. Um, helps him take on double teams pretty well, which... A lot of the other guys don't do well against. Um, he's really explosive off the line. He's got a good motor. Um, versatile along the line. I think he plays some defensive M2. Um, good pursuit. Thing is, you know, like I said, the injury is going to hurt him. Um, needs time. He's got to be better to get better against the run. Uh, he's undersized. He's a bad tackler. There was a lot of times where he explodes off the line and gets past the lineman but he just can't wrap up the QB or running back. I mean, yeah, he, like, makes the play, right, because then the QB is running around a running back, and then his, you know, buddies rally and make the play. But, you know, not a good tackler. Um, needs to clean up his leverage and pad level. Um, I think he could be a good player. I think he's a work in progress. I think teams really like the athletic ability. Um that he has in his size and his build. If you look the guy up, he doesn't look like a D tackle. He's really interesting. Um, I could see him like, I've seen him go late first round. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think he's that good. I, I mean, think it's a lot purely because of... intangibles, like you said. Like... Yeah. A lot of people have him 
as the number two D, D tackle behind big Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. I, I get him at three. I might even have him down lower. I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan, um, but I understand that he's got a high ceiling. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I put him at three. So he's going to be a work in progress. I've seen some people put him um, late first round. I don't, I don't think he's a first round pick. He's not a first round talent, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that's like the big thing we were talking about is there's a big drop off, you know. Like after there is. our first two guys, like we think there's a big drop off there, and mm-hmm. and provenness, and also like ability, like just right off the bat for NFL teams. So yeah, like we yeah, I mean, there's definitely tiers to this D line. It's an interesting class. It's not the best mm. um, the interior D line. You know, Jalen Carter, of course, is in the class of his own. The next guy we think is, you know, up there. Not Jalen Carter, but but yeah. after those two guys, there's a drop off to Brian Breesy, and I see him going in the second round, maybe early early second round. You know, if he did go, if he did go in the late first round, Bills, Eagles, Saints, or teams. I know you don't want him to be a saint, but yeah, I, I mean, but I don't think you have to worry because I don't think he's going late in the first. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a saint. I, I'll see. I'm interested to see where he goes. I really don't have like a spot where I'm like, oh, he's going to land there because I, I don't think any team is really like. I don't want to say any team has his, their eyes set on him because I think the two top defensive tackles are going to be like the guys that the teams have their eyes on, and then if they don't fall to them, they're going to try to look kind of like, yeah. okay, like this is this guy's available. It, do we pick them? Do we not pick them? It's not like something they're, they're set on, you know? So, yeah. We'll yeah. So our number two guy, um, on paper, he does not look like a defensive tackle in any way, shape, or form. But I think he could really change the mold for defensive tackles in the league as a pass rusher, not necessarily as a run stopper. We'll, we'll get into it. But he's six foot one, 281, and he's skinnier. But Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the league. And a lot of people, because of like of his his speed and everything like that, are calling a mini Aaron Donald. And on film, you can see it on what what. I said, yeah, mini Aaron Donald from Pitt. He's got the speed, yeah. and athleticism. Exactly. I mean, I think he's the best pass rushing D lineman in the draft. If if he can truly excel with his moves that he has, like his his swim moves and stuff like that. I think he can really be the best pass rusher. I think Jalen Carter should be, but I think Kalijah has the potential. I mean, like I, I really think he has the potential to be the best. So he ran a four six seven forty, which was the second fastest forty time um, since Aaron Donald, and he has insane quickness off the line. So like on pass pass plays when everyone's pass sitting, he can swim by, he can juke out the like he can do any move really, and he gets by the defenders or the protector so I, I mean i really think he could be great and i'm interested to see what he does but he was also a first team ap all-american and acc defensive player of the year so the coaches believe in him um throughout the like country so and he had seven and a half sacks this season um i think he'll be a great third down d lineman wherever he ends up so i'm interested to see if he's able to work on his run his run play like his ability to stop runs because his problem right now is he gets pushed pushed around because he is smaller, like we said. like He's 281. He's a skinnier guy. So NFL guards and centers are, might have his way, have their way with him. Like if he tries to not 
if he's not able to fix his lower like lower body step into them and keep keep his legs moving he might get pushed around so i'm, I'm interested to see what he does there um but i do see if he doesn't if he doesn't fix that i think he'll be a great third third down guy other than that i still think he's gonna be great um team i had him landing with is gonna be chicago at the number nine pick maybe houston at number 12 of chicago picks someone else who i'm going to cover next um but if he falls to the end of the first round i think or, he goes the high i think he does think he goes the high. you think so if he if he doesn't i think he's gonna be a saint but i, yeah, but I that's hope that's a thing he falls. if you're saying nine and 12 he's not gonna go all the way to the end of the first then i mean they're gonna have to move up if they want him yeah no so i think he's gonna go nine or 12 and then if he falls to like 20s maybe like 24 23 something like that i think they could try to trade up for him i just because the saints do love trading up for their defensive linemen like this we love it like we traded two two first rounds for marcus davenport who was a bum trading so, with us yeah so we'll, we'll see you know what i mean <laughs> and then the and then the we'll backers see. four picks later got dryer alexander steal the draft and you yeah, guys got so D- so davenport. all around you know saints love trading up for defensive lineman, but I'd be happy if we trade up for Kalijah Kansi. I think he'd be great for our defensive line and it's what we need. So doesn't I'm always work out for get. those Saints, but they'll trade up <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm kidding, but, I'm kidding. Nah, it, it's the truth. Like they have problems sometimes trading up. So Yeah. He's gonna be a good player though. So it's yeah. gonna be interesting to see where he falls. Yeah, and then at number one we have the blue chip defensive lineman in this year's draft, Jalen Carter. He's without a doubt the best prospect at D line. Um intangible wise um and on film like he's 6'3 314 he's 21 years old um he's strong off the ball can overpower smaller linemen and anchor himself on run plays like it's just what he does he does everything everything well so he's the most pro ready defensive lineman on paper versus like Elijah Kansi and all the other guys we have um but I think the numbers on on his stats and everything like that don't prove like don't show what he's truly like able to do because he only had three sacks and I think he can be a lot more impactful with on a NFL D line, having better edges and having better a uh, coach to actually call plays that he'll be able to like, you know, excel on. So I- I'm interested to see what he's able to do because I really do truly think he's going to be amazing wherever he goes. So um, some of the weaknesses that he has though, are going to be his maturity. Um, NFL scouts are a little bit concerned over his maturity right now. Cause if, for those who don't know, he was arrested at the beginning of March for a reckless driving um, it, it, incident. It was, it was like a day or two before the combine. Yeah. It was, right. it was a big deal. It was a big deal in the league. Cause it was, this is the number like top five pick. He's number and, one. He's the best player of the draft. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. Him, I mean, him or Will Anderson. That's who I'm seeing are the two Jaylen. best defensive linemen. So, but, yeah. but I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So after, after that all happened, he pleaded no contest and he got 12 months probation. So the team's going to have to realize, oh, okay, he did, he did something wrong. Like, do you want to deal with the problems that are going to come from it? And also at his pro deck, I think it probably was a couple of days ago, a week ago, something like that. He was nine pounds heavier than he was at the combine. Nine pounds within a couple of weeks. So, and he, and he wasn't even able to finish some of his drills. Like he was so out of shape and he looked tired that like you could see on video. He looked tired he was swinging his arms all over the place his legs weren't like moving correctly so you know he's if that continues that could be dangerous as a team's top five pick you know like having a guy that might 
go out, get out of shape or something like that right before he comes into a league is dangerous. So I think teams are aware of it. Um, it could cause him to slip. I don't see it causing him to slip, but it could happen. We'll see. Um, I have him going to either. I have him call, like falling to Chicago. I don't think Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll at Seattle possible, but I don't think Pete Carroll wants to deal with his crap. So we'll see. Yeah. And you said that, that uh, he put on nine pounds the pro day. It was two, three weeks ago. Right? Yeah, I want to. It was. It was like a week, maybe a week and a half ago. But it was two, two or three weeks after the combine. So okay. it was like that nine pounds was gained within that small amount of time, and he seemed out of shape. We and all know why. We all know why, though. Why? Because that Shamrock Shake came out on McDonald's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Shamrock it. Shake. Yeah. I mean, he's having a That's bunch, good. so he's gaining that much. But hey, you never know. You can't. You can't do that. Going out to the yeah. pro day where all the teams are watching you, and you show up out of shape and you can't even finish your drills. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing. Especially when you're supposed to be the top guy, right? Yeah. I mean, like you're the, the number one guy. Prove dog. it to these teams. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, I don't think he goes to Arizona at three. I don't know. I th- you know, I think they go Will Anderson. Yeah, that's um, what they need. Seattle's more. a possibility. Um, Seattle at five. Chicago at nine. I mean, you know, it depends. Do they want to get a tackle for Fields? Or do they want to fix that D line? Because that D line's terrible. You know, if he falls out of the top ten, does he go twelve to Houston? I, I just don't. I don't see him falling out of the top ten. But yeah, if if he falls out of the top ten, I think he'll go to Houston for sure. Maybe number ten to Philly after losing Hargrave. It's interesting. No, they still. I mean, they still have Jordan Davis, though. You know. So yeah, but I mean, they with- could pair him up with his old teammate Jordan Davis, yeah. but. Who knows? We'll see. Scary combo. Yeah. Gonna be interesting. Thank you guys for watching. Um, hopefully we're going to see you guys Friday morning because we're going to film Thursday night. Um, our next episode. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Jenks Hammer Pod. And you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube at Jenks and the Hammer Podcast. Um, YouTube now is Jenks and the Hammer. If you watch it on YouTube, please make sure to like, subscribe, and comment your thoughts if you agree, disagree. And we'll see you guys in a couple of days. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to the Jenks and the Hammer podcast. Remember to leave a review and follow all of our social media pages at Jenks Hammer Pod for more content. Until next time, who that? And go, Pat, go. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.